0: You're listening to a powerful message from Pastors Jeremy and Miranda Nelson at the Love Revolution Conference, hosted by C3 Church Tugra. Get ready to have a life-changing encounter with Christ. I've left Worship team awesome? Amazing. Thank you, guys. Oh, God bless you. It's amazing to see all your beautiful faces. (laughs) I'm really excited to be here. There's just such a beautiful presence of the Lord in here, and I just was really feeling even um, just now in that worship that um, the Lord just wants to refresh a lot of you and that um, and that there's many of you that have come here, some of you that have come here, that you just felt a little bit dry or like you've been busy and there's been, you know, all sorts of stuff going on. And I'm telling you that this is your night for encounter. And I believe that um, God wants to fill you up tonight and that he wants to refresh you and revive you and um, encounter you. So that's good news. Amen. Awesome. So yeah, I am Miranda Nelson, and um, my husband and I, Jeremy and I, um, live in San Diego, California. And uh, I'm actually Canadian, though. Um, yes, we moved from Canada um, uh, like three years ago. And um, But yeah, we're loving it in San Diego and by the beaches and everything, and that's where we base our ministry. And um, yeah, God is good. We travel the nation's a lot. <laughs> love Australia. Um, I actually spent some time living in Australia um, a number of years ago when I was still a teenager. And uh, so Australia is definitely my heart. And um, I just love you as a people, beautiful people. So that's just a little bit about me. And you'll hear more as I as I share the word tonight. But I, I want to um, begin just praying for some people. Is that cool? um we've been seeing just the love of God just demonstrated wherever we go and um you know part of the love of God is touching people and bringing healing to their bodies healing to their hearts um bringing encouragement all that sort of thing and so um he just loves to encounter his people amen and he's looking for a whole body and a beautiful bride to rise up and part of that beauty comes through healing and wholeness amen so, um, we last night, actually, um, Jeremy and I tag-teamed um, a service um, in Thornton, I think, or, and um, there were lots of healings, actually. Um, this man that was 98% deaf in one ear from birth because he had a tumor in his ear, the um, Lord just opened his ear, could hear perfectly um, after a prayer. So, <laughs> goodness of God, Amen. Yeah, and there was another man, actually, um, the cre- the designer of the Ugg boots. <laughs> we were surprised to find that out. Um, he responded to a word of knowledge and um, came up and had major lung problems um, for years and years and years. Um, actually, he said um, all of his life he had it. But um, part of it, working with glues and stuff, um, with the Ugg boots and all that, Um, He actually had a lot of toxins in his lungs and um, pipes and stuff. And so he had tremendous pain constantly and um, trouble breathing and pressure on the chest and all that. And God just totally healed him. Every trace of pain and pressure left. He was able to breathe clearly. It's the goodness of God. Amen. So. That's good news! We've been seeing all sorts of things, um, you know, obviously, like I said, deaf ears opening, block ears opening, um, we've been seeing eye miracles, tumors dissolving, just, God just loves to touch His people, amen? And, uh I mean, yeah, and I believe that He wants to touch some of you in this place today, in a little while, but I do want to share a word with you, and um, I really feel like, um, God wants to equip a lot of you tonight and you know some of you already you know walking in some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about but um but I feel like he wants to take you to a new level and um you know this is a love revolution conference and um and God wants to stir hearts to love people and love the nations amen and I believe that as Women of God, that there's um, there's a mandate of authority on us, and just as Esther, you know, she was called. She was an orphan girl that was. She had no clue, but she was brought into a kingdom for such a time as this, right? It says in Esther four, and um, and as a result, she saved a nation, right? And a woman that was just an orphan girl. God raised up in a kingdom of darkness, and she ends up saving an entire nation um, just by her obedience, right? And in the same way, God wants to use each of us, each of you, women of God, to um, be vessels for him and vo- a voice of authority and a voice of power and a voice of love, amen? Love, love, love is what transforms people and nations more than anything, right? Right? Love brings healing. Love brings freedom. I'm telling you, in a hug or in um, an encouraging word or in a smile, you can literally set someone free who is going to, you know, take their life. Or you can set someone free who is walking in depression, Or you can set someone free who is, um, has, you know, all sorts of, um, whatever, dysfunctions or has all sorts of sicknesses or diseases. Love is what sets the oppressed free. Amen. And I believe, um, I believe that our mandate in this hour is um, from Isaiah 56. And this is what God, this is what I want to release tonight, is in Isaiah 56, this is a call to us. And um, it's a call for us to release justice on the earth. And justice is a form of God's love. Amen? See... Isaiah 56, 1 says this, Thus says the Lord, preserve justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. And the start of verse 2 says, How blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who takes hold of it. But again, preserve justice and do righteousness. And for my salvation is about to come. My righteousness to be revealed. See, God wants to release salvation on the earth. That's his number one mandate. Amen. Why Jesus came to the earth is because he wants to restore right relationship between God and people. Right? And he can do it all in one step. But he wants to use you and I. He so wants to use you and I. And our mandate is to release justice and to walk in righteousness. See, righteousness is walking in right standing with God. It's walking in friendship with God. And I really want to put a challenge out there tonight as um, as women, that we would be friends of God, that more than just daughters of God, because that's that's our number one call, is we are daughters of God. When we're brought into the kingdom, we're brought in as daughters, sons and daughters of God. And that's awesome, but there's a whole nother realm of authority and a whole nother place of intimacy that comes through friendship. And see, God, I believe, um, even as Julie was saying before about, you know, being Marys, being, being ones that would just sit at the feet of Jesus, right? That God is calling us as lovers, first and foremost, and through that, that there will be an overflow of our hearts of love to a lost and dying generation, amen? That's what's going to bring freedom, but it's through friendship with God. And I believe that um, God wants, um, you know, is calling us into a greater level of friendship and intimacy. And through that, there's an authority that comes. You see, every place, um, every place that a friend goes, well, see, a son doesn't necessarily know everything that a father will tell him, Right? But a friend, you have to build friendship. You're, you're brought into a family, you're adopted in, you're, you know, you're born into a family in the, on the, in the natural, right? And in the same way, with friendship, you develop friendship by trust. And, God is looking for friends that are so trustworthy that He can share His secrets with, and through that we will begin to um, to relate to transform nations. And I really want to um, I really want to encourage you to get a broad perspective tonight, because God wants to tr- use you to transform individuals' lives, but He also wants to use you to transform nations' lives. He wants, he wants to use you to transform governments, whether it be, you know, obviously Australia is your nation. And so obviously, you know, he wants to use you to transform Australia and transform the, the perspective of people and culture and all that, you know, to a godly perspective. But even, even, you know, outside of that, he wants to give you authority and a perspective for the nations. And I believe that there's an authority that you can have as a friend of God, as a lover of God, to begin to make a demand and make a decree and set nations free. See, it's possible to see a nation saved in a day. It's possible. And I believe that God wants us to get a broader perspective and think that, okay, well, we don't need, just need to leave it up to somebody else to do the work or whatever. Because, you know those of us that are called in the pulpit to, you know, to minister the word and everything like that, you know, we're called to equip you. You're the ones, the saints are the ones that are called to do the work of the ministry. You're the ones that are called to go out there and heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, you know, freely you receive, freely give. You know, it says in Matthew 10, and um, and in the same way, not only in an individual's life, but in nations' lives, I'm telling you, you have the authority to change nations through friendship with God. And I want to show you, through the Word of God, how it's possible to, to do that. Because, you see, Moses, Moses and Abraham were both men that were called friends of God. It says about Abraham, in uh, James chapter 2, that he was a friend of God. He had righteousness that was his, you know, his faith was his righteousness, but he was called a friend of God. See, he walked with God in the same way Moses developed friendship. He talked with God as a friend talks face-to-face with a friend, right? And see, for... For us, it's it's time we get such a trust with God. Not only trusting in Him, trusting in Him as a good Father, um, as you know our Savior, all, as all that, but in the same way to be obedient to what He asks of us when He asks us to do it. Because in that place is how you gain His trust. And when you're obedient to the best of your ability of doing what he says when he says to do it, you you gain a respect from the Lord. And out of that place, you're developing a friendship that he increases the authority on your life. If you want to see miracles, if you want to see um, people's lives change, families' lives change, society change, and nations change, we've got to get that trust and be obedient even in the little things. Because when you're faithful with the little, he'll you'll be faithful with much, right? And he'll give you much. that's good. But listen, in in verse 7 and 8, or verse 7, I'm sorry, of Isaiah 56, it goes on and it says, Even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And see, what I want to show you tonight is that, you know, this is talking about, you know, in in the Old Testament there was a tabernacle there was a place that people gathered and especially the priests would go into the holy of holies and and talk with God and pray and you know whatever and then they go in but on behalf of the people. But the moment that Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn in the temple everything changed. And we got free access to the throne of grace. Free access to talking with God, you know, firsthand. Firsthand we can have We can have a personal friendship with God through his grace, through the power of the cross. Amen. And the moment that that happened, we became the very temple of God. See, there was a house of prayer in the Old Testament. There was a place that people could go. And of course, we need the body and we need, you know, the church to gather together and there's power in gathering together, but even outside of that, you don't have, you know, you can't just be and we have our daily things to do, right? And so we can't just be in the church or, you know, at the church twenty four seven. But in ourselves, we are the very temple of God. First Corinthians three sixteen says that we are the very temple of God. And see, when you're the temple of God, you have direct access to God and you become that house of prayer for the nations. See, you are the very house of prayer. And not only are you the house of prayer to to pray and declare over people and nations, but you become people's and nation's answer to their prayers. See, God's looking for you. Well, the world actually is looking for an encounter. They're looking for something real. They're looking for something true. And you are called to be that encounter for people. See, you are called to be an encounter of the living God for people because you carry the very presence of God. See, we've got to become aware of that because when you're aware of God inside of you and God with you and walking with you and His the Holy Spirit with you and empowering you, all of a sudden it changes your perspective. All of a sudden it changes the way you do things. All of a sudden you begin to bear fruit like you've never been, born before. Whatever. <laughs> All of a sudden, you begin to get a a heavenly mindset where you're hearing his voice all the more. Because when you're aware of him with you, you become in tune with him, right? And see, when you walk in that revelation of being a temple of God, and that's a friend of God, then all of a sudden you hear what's on his heartbeat. All of a sudden, you feel what's on his heart. You feel people's needs. You hear from the Holy Spirit what's a person's need or what's a place's need, and then all of a sudden, as you're sensitive to that, you make, you begin to make a declaration, and something shifts. See, Job twenty two twenty eight says, "Decree or declare a thing, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways." See. There's, there's a difference between prayer there's a difference between declaration and decree. And see, prayer is your intimacy before the Lord. Prayer is, you know, you're in your prayer closet. You're spending time with Him. It's your, it's your personal relationship with the Lord, your communication with Him. But when we got into the world and when we we're praying for people, if you notice, I was making decrees over the people that needed healing. I was commanding the pain to go. See, that's a declaration. That's not a prayer because... You know, oftentimes, as the people of God, we beg for something to happen. We beg for a healing or we beg for something to to take place or whatever. And we're coming out of an orphan mentality more than out of a sonship mentality. See, sons know that there's going to be food on the table. An orphan doesn't. And we need to get a revelation of what it means to decree a thing and it will be established. Because when you, when you speak something out of the heart of God and out of the heart for justice, preserving justice on the earth. So this is what it means, Isaiah 56, 1, where it says, preserve justice and do righteousness. See, when you're walking in right standing with God, you're walking in friendship with Him, and you begin to declare things, you know, justice. You declare what it should be like in heaven on the earth. That's how His salvation will come. That's how... Freedom will come and we'll touch, you know, a generation and we'll touch a nation and we'll touch nations. Amen? See, we've got to begin to, to get out of that mindset of ask, or of just begging for something to take place and begin to declare and know that who we are in Christ, that we have authority. Amen? And you see, Moses, he had a friendship with God and so he wasn't afraid to make a request. See, he had such a friendship with God that when he was on the mountain of God, he developed see he developed that intimacy, had a, a personal relationship with God. He could talk to God like a man speaks with his friend. And while he's on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, all of a sudden, you know, the people of God, the Israelites, are you know have forgotten who led them out of Egypt. They've forgotten who their God is and build this golden image. And God speaks to Moses. Who's, you know, having a great time with God. And all of a sudden, you know, God is mad because he's like, how can this people forget who loves them? How can this people forget who's taken them out of Egypt and wants to bring them into the promised land? And so God is about to destroy them. He speaks to Moses and says, I will make my nation. I will make my inheritance out of you, Moses. And I want to show you the power of friendship tonight because the power of friendship with God can literally change the course of history. See, in Exodus 32, you have that encounter where Moses is, where God is speaking with, with Moses, and he's about to destroy the Israelites and make his promise manifest out of Moses. But Moses says, see, Moses gets a heart, he has a heart for God, he has a love, a passion for God, but he also has a heart for the people. You know, before before you look at um, Exodus 32, I want you to see this in Ezekiel 22. See, God speaks and it says, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. See, God's looking for people. He doesn't want to destroy the land. He doesn't want God's heart is always good. His heart is always, always good. There's different doctrines out there, whatever, but God's heart is always good. He's always looking for his people, his bride, to stand up and change situations. Because, you know, change the consequences of what people do or what, whatever, you know. He wants us to stand in the gap and change situations. So in Exodus 32, Moses, I believe that God was even testing Moses' heart, but You know, Moses had a heart for God and a heart for the people. And as a result, he stands in the gap and says, God, you can't forget the promise that you had for your people. Don't forget the promise that you had to bring this people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And as a result of Moses talking to God as a friend with a love for the people, it says this about the Lord in verse 14 of Exodus 32. So the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. See, Moses, as a friend of God, had the ability to change the mind of God and change the course of history. You have that same ability. You have the ability to change governments, and I'm going to share some testimonies here in a few minutes, but you have the ability to change the course of history through friendship, through intimacy with God. And God wants to use you so, so powerfully, and you've got to get that revelation that you have the authority of Christ inside of you. We're called as ambassadors for Christ. We're called as ambassadors. An ambassador is sent with the same authority as the one who sent them. So the same authority that Jesus walked in on the earth, raising the dead, healing the sick, casting out demons, you know, um, just releasing, you know, God, releasing the kingdom on the earth, that same authority is given to you. And we've gotta get that revelation, but it comes through, greater authority comes through intimacy and comes through friendship with God. Abraham, same thing. In Genesis 18, you have the story of Sodom. And, you know, Abraham and Sarah just received the promise that they're gonna have a son. And the Lord speaks and says, oh, how, I can't, I can't hide what I'm about to do to this city, this wicked city, Sodom. I can't hide it from Abraham because my inheritance is gonna come through him. I have a promise for him. See, Abraham was called a friend of God. He was faithful with what he was given. He was obedient even to leave, you know, to leave the land that he knew and go to a place he did not know. He was tested. He even, you know, eventually laid his son on the altar. But he was tested in faith and obedience, and he was always obedient in that sense. And, you know, so as a friend of God, the Lord says, I have to I have to share what I'm about to do to Sodom. So in Genesis 18, you know, you have Abraham and you have God. And they're having this conversation. And the Lord speaks and says, I'm about to destroy Sodom. And Abraham says, no, no, no. Well, what if there's 50 righteous in the land? And God says, well, if there's 50 righteous, okay, I'll save it. And all of a sudden, Abraham begins to have this conversation as a friend of God and says, well, what if there's 45? And he begins to persuade the Lord. And he says, "What well, if there's 45 righteous, and God says, well, if there's 45 righteous, okay, you know, I'll, I'll save the land. And then he goes on and he says, what if there's 40? And he goes all the way down, 30, 20, 10, and he says, you know, if there's 20, or if there's If there's um, 20 righteous, if there's 10 righteous, you know, will you still destroy? And the Lord says, no, I will not destroy. And he stops there. See, Abraham had the ability to change the the destiny of a city. But there weren't found 10 righteous, and so obviously the city was destroyed. But I believe that if Abraham would have gone all the way down, what if there's one righteous? God would have still said, okay, if there's one righteous, because you're asking, because you're making a request, I'll save it. See, he had the ability to change the mind and change the situation of a city, of a region. And in the same way, as you develop friendship with God and intimacy with God, you have the authority to change the situation of a place. I'm telling you, I've seen I've seen regions and nations completely transformed just by the power of decree. Just by the power of hearing his voice and declaring what he says to declare when he says to do it. I'm just a girl. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I've seen radical, radical things take place. Even apart from, I've seen amazing miracles. But I've also seen, you know, personal miracles um, for individuals' lives and healings and all sorts of things like that. But I've also seen nations and regions completely transformed just by obedience.
1: You know, I was in Peru,
0: Peru. And we go, my husband and I go to Peru and take teams to Peru every year. And a couple of years ago when we went, I was about to preach a evangelistic crusade at the night in this city, in this mountain city. And the whole city was going to come out. And the Lord speaks to me and he says, Miranda, I want you, this city is completely crippled in fear. I want you to break the fear off the people and release my peace. And so fair enough. That's, you know, pretty easy. Um, I didn't know the history of the city. I didn't know what was behind it. I just said, okay, God, you know, that's great. So I get up and I preach the gospel, give the salvation call. And, you know, after the people respond, I make a corporate prayer. And I just make a declaration. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I just break that fear off these people in Jesus' name. And we just release the peace of God. And we leave the city and we're, we're leaving in a bus because we had a team with us. And as we're leaving, all of a sudden the lights in the bus go off and they tell us to be quiet and we find out that we're being escorted by police. Well it turns out, we find the story, find out that, that for the last year, there was a major corporation trying to come in and take, um, take, uh, the jobs of the sugar cane fields. Well, the locals, that was their main source of income, and so they worked the sugarcane fields, and if they didn't work those, basically they were afraid of losing their jobs from this major corporation, and if they would lose their jobs, they'd have no source of income or support for their families. So there was so much fear that that what was happening was they would stop the big buses and, you know, big vehicles that would come through that area, they would stop it with a blockade in the road, and then they'd get on and they'd take, they, you know, they'd kill everybody. And there was so much bloodshed in those fields, all because of the fear of the locals. And so, anyway, we didn't know that before, but, you know, just by the power of decree, just by listening to the still, small voice of the Lord, and being obedient to what he said to do when he said to do it, you know, breaking that fear and releasing the peace of God, well, we find out four days after we were there, the city decides just spontaneously to sign a peace treaty. And they signed a peace treaty with the organization. No more bloodshed. The corporation even decided to use the locals for their work. And there was total peace that just rested in that region. That's the power of God. See, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. But see, do you see how a whole region completely shifted their mindset? They didn't even know why they were doing it. They probably had no clue what I was saying when I said it. But the spirit realm knew. And the spirit realm obeyed. See, you have authority in your voice, in your words. When you hear the voice of God to declare it, when you get the heart of people in love to make a declaration and to release justice on the earth. See, God wants to use you for that very thing. And I believe that, you know... He wants to put you in the right place at the right time. And we don't got to be afraid that, you know, we're not in the right place. When you're when you a friend of God and your heart is to be obedient to him and walking with him, then, you know, you'll hear his voice and you'll be led by him. You'll be directed by him. And there's power in being in the right place at the right time. You'll be an encounter for something that's so needed. Jacob in Genesis 28, you know, Jacob, it says about him that he came to a certain place. There's significance about the place, the place and the time he came to a certain place. He laid his head on the rock. And you know that your rock is Christ. You lay your head, you put your trust on the rock of Christ. And all of a sudden, an encounter began to happen for Jacob. And he, he has this incredible dream where he sees a ladder and angels ascending and descending. And God is at the top and his voice speaks. And Jacob comes out of this encounter and says, wow, this is none other than the house of God. See, but how many know, you are the house of God. So you become that place of encounter. And when you're obedient to be where he says, when he says to be there, all of a sudden, not only does it give you access to encounters with God and to his presence and to seeing in the spirit, to, you know, encountering his great love and goodness, but you become the encounter for that region, that place. We were in... um, uh, well, I was with a team, actually, back when I was about 18 years old. And I was with the YWAM team. And we went to Cyprus in the Mediterranean. But before we went there, we were going to be going to Turkey and Greece. And we were literally praying about if we should go to Cyprus. I heard the Lord um, say, "Yet yeah, you need to go to Cyprus. And finally, he confirmed it to the leaders on the team. And so we went. So we went to Turkey, Greece, and Cyprus. Well, it was amazing because... Again, how many know it's powerful to be in the right place at the right time? Even in your city, in your nation, if God tells you to go to the supermarket and you don't know why, you don't need groceries, whatever, go there. There's probably an encounter waiting for you. Someone that needs a touch of life, a touch of love, a decree, a, you know, healing, whatever their need is. You have the answer. You are the answer. And so we go to Cyprus. And this was in 2003. And um, they have what's called the Green Line in Cyprus. And it's like a border, but they don't call it a border. Basically, there's a no-man's land. There's the Greek side and there's the Turkish side. Well, at that point in time, there was no no ability to cross over. Um, it was completely, again, a no-man's land. You could not cross over. When the Turks came in and invaded around 84 or something like that, um, there was there was no passage through. And so anyway, we go, my team goes, and we just felt like we were supposed to go to the green line and just pray and decree and worship the Lord in that place. And so we begin to worship. How many know there's power in worship? Worship is a sign of friendship with God. You're exalting Him, you're giving Him the glory to His name, and you're, you're giving Him adoration. And I'm telling you, you can do that not only in church, but you can do it as you go. Even as you're going about your day, you lift him high in your heart. You lift him high through, you know, even whispers, even soft praises. When you go, you—I'm telling you—change the atmosphere around you when you do that. And so we began to do this at the Green Line in Cyprus, worshiping the Lord and making declarations that um, that there will be um, an opening of that Green Line. And anyway, within one month of us being there and making those declarations, all of a sudden we hear the news that the green line opened and people were able to pass from side to side. See, the laws of the land changed all because of some people that were, you know, obedient to his voice, went where he said to go, when he said to go there and worshiped him, exalted him and made declarations of an open passage. And as a result, the, the nation completely changed. See, that's the goodness of God, and that's the authority that you have. I was 18 years old. I didn't even know full. I wasn't in ministry, you know. But I was just a girl on a journey of adventure with the Lord and being obedient to the best of my ability to his voice. In the same way, God wants to use you mightily, powerfully to, to change situations. He wants to use you to change your nation. To change the government. I'm telling you, when you get this revelation that as a friend of God, you have the ability to hear his voice, and you have a love for the people, for the nation, for the nations. I'll keep saying that because that's that's our mandate, is to begin to get a heart for the people, get a heart for God, and intimacy with him, and then begin to declare his justice. See, injustice is everything opposite to the kingdom of God. Injustice is sickness. Injustice is fear. Injustice is, unri- is unrighteousness. It's shame. It's guilt. It's all these things. Poverty. That's injustice.
1: See, and if our
0: mandate is to preserve justice on the earth, it's to release healing. Healing for the brokenhearted. Healing for the sick bodies. Healing for the land. That's why it says in Ezekiel 22 that, you know, he would heal the land if he just found someone that would stand in the gap. It's our job you know, as people of God, as women of God, to get his heart. And I believe that even as women, you know, we are the more sensitive type. (laughs) We are the more emotional. We do have, um, I believe that there's a a great capacity in us to love. And that God wants to increase that on us through friendship with him so that through that love and through that passion for him and for the people, you begin to see your nation and the nations completely transformed. I'm telling you, I want to tell you one more testimony and then we're going to begin to, um, to pray. But, um, last summer I was in Canada and we were ministering in a church there and the pastor was about to leave to go to Mexico, a city in Mexico. And, um, because he was about to go he wanted us to come up and pray and prophesy over him so we begin to um, we get up there and some of his leadership team get up there and begin to um, prophesy and pray well as i begin to pray for him and 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 pro- i begin to prophesy into this city in mexico and i declare and i make, begin to make declarations and i declare that there will be a cleansing that will literally go within the, go throughout the streets even before he got there Um, Even at that point, there will begin to be a cleansing, a a spiritual and um, even um, a purity that will come about in that place, a sexual purity that will be released. And so I'm declaring this. Well, anyway, the next day, Jeremy gets a call. My husband gets a call from that pastor. And he says, you'll never believe this, but Miranda made those declarations. Well, that very night, that very same day, in the newspaper, in that very city, the headlines read, 1,000 sex slaves freed. Isn't that amazing? God is so good, but see, just the power of declaration. I was just kind of letting the words flow, <laughs> and but just being led by the spirit and declaring what, you know, I felt his heart. And as a result, even, you know, two countries away from Mexico, <laughs> you know, um, not even in the same place, obviously something, something happened. The spiritual realm heard it <laughs> and it literally brought a spiritual cleansing to that region. See, you have that very same ability. Whether you see the fruit of your prayers and declarations or you don't, there's always something that shifts. There's always something that takes place through a prayer of faith, a declaration of faith. And I want to challenge you again tonight that, you know, friendship with God is everything. Surrender to God. See, Moses and Abraham, they had to surrender everything. They had to surrender their own will. They had to surrender their own ways to the Lord. And through that place of surrender, they gained the trust of God. They gained the trust of God and they were able to transform regions. Even Jonah, who wasn't obedient at the beginning, he didn't have an obedient mind, but finally he stepped out in obedience, went to the city of Nineveh, you know, declared, you could see God's heart in that because he wanted to save that region. But he was looking for someone to stand in the gap. Jonah goes, you know, says, listen, if you don't repent your city, you're going to be destroyed. But they repent, they hear the word of God, and as a result, their city has changed. And, in, and even to this day, I met someone that, um, that knew someone from that region. They said, even to this day, it's a godly region. Even to this day, they've had a revival. See, there was a lasting effect all because of one person that was obedient and that was willing to go and stand in the gap. On behalf of a place, on behalf of a land, on behalf of a people. In the same way, God wants to use you. He wants to give you, put such a burning heart, a burning passion in your heart for Him and for people. That through that love, you transform places. You transform people. I believe that even tonight, That God wants to give you a burden for certain people, and it's a healthy burden. It's not something that you need to carry a a deep weight for because Jesus took our burdens. But he wants to put a passion on your heart so that when you declare justice over those people or over that place or over that family or whatever, that there's something that takes place. The declaration, the prayer of faith always transforms things. And God wants to use you. Even tonight, I want you guys to stand. Yeah, Jilly, if you want to come up. And we're going to make some declarations tonight. God wants to use you so powerfully, women of God. Do you believe that? Who's hungry for just more... Love for him, for people. To see places and people changed. Because his love is so, so, so strong. His love is so strong that he sent his Savior, he sent his Son into the world. Sacrificed him. He became the ultimate sacrifice because of love, all because of love. And God's looking for us. Even tonight, to be a living sacrifice for him. That we would lay down our own rights, we would lay down our own will, we would lay down our own desires simply for his. His ways are so much higher, so much better. There's so much fulfillment and satisfaction that comes through laying down ourselves, even fresh daily. Laying ourselves down for love, laying ourselves down for him. And tonight... I want to encourage you, if you want to lay yourself down, if you need to lay yourself down, if you need to surrender something, I just want you to come up to the front. We're just going to give ourselves fresh to God tonight. And I believe that there's going to be a fresh authority that God's going to release in this place, even to decree justice. So if you want to give yourselves fresh to God tonight, I just want to encourage you to come up here. And we're going to worship the Lord for a a couple minutes here, and and then we're going to decree and I believe that God will change things in your lives. I believe that there, there'll be more healing even in the atmosphere. Because God is up to doing justice. God is up to doing justice. He's so good. So let's give him the worship that he's due. If you need to if you need to give something over to him tonight that you've been holding on to, just do that. Just do that.
1: Right where you're at
0: or whatever, come up to the front. We're free in this place. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au We hope to see you at church soon.